You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, the Rowan Radio News Team. Good morning and welcome to the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with the Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include the D.C. mayor is overwhelmed by migrants, a Russian pipeline begins pumping gas to Europe, and a rise in shark attacks are being reported in New York. Here's your national news recap for the week of July 17th. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton fired back at Washington, D.C.'s mayor Monday, claiming the influx of migrants in the nation's capital came from policies established under her leadership. After Mayor Muriel Bowser claimed on Sunday that officials in Texas were tricking asylum seekers into getting on buses bound for the nation's capital, Paxton was asked to respond. He said the blame should be placed on the Biden administration. The illegal immigrants who are coming to Washington, D.C. are doing so voluntarily, largely because of Muriel Bowser's own previous actions affirming Washington, D.C. as a sanctuary city. As they've done with inflation and a whole host of other issues, Democrat elected officials in Washington, city and federal, refuse to acknowledge the consequences of their radical policies. More than 150 buses traveling from Arizona and Texas have transported thousands of migrants to the nation's capital over the past three months. New York City is pushing back on the narrative that families seeking asylum aren't being housed and fed. The Legal Aid Society made the accusation after some families weren't given temporary housing accommodations earlier this week. Mayor Eric Adams said the city helped 3,000 families but failed to place four families in a timely manner, as required by state law. Adams denies the allegations the city tried to cover up the failure and vowed to do better. This comes just days after the mayor called on the federal government to help pay for asylum seekers' needs. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez on Wednesday denied faking being handcuffed after she and her fellow squad member, Representative Ilhan Omar, were arrested during an abortion rights protest near the Supreme Court. Ocasio-Cortez and Omar were among 17 House Democrats who were detained for blocking traffic at the Tuesday protest. Video caught Ocasio-Cortez being escorted by a police officer with her hands behind her back in the typical handcuffs pose. She then raised a fist to the crowd in solidarity, showing she wasn't being constrained. Omar, too, briefly raised her fist to the crowd while walking away from the protest with her hands behind her back, as the video showed. President Biden has tested positive for COVID-19. The White House says he's fully vaccinated and has been boosted twice. He's dealing with what are described as very mild symptoms. Speaking to reporters, Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre said the president is feeling fine with a little dry cough and a runny nose. He's also somewhat fatigued. White House COVID response coordinator Dr. Ashish Jha said Biden is fully vaccinated and double boosted and faces a greatly reduced risk of serious illness. Testimony is ongoing in the penalty phase of the trial for Parkland, Florida school shooter Nicholas Cruz. 
Then ninth grader John Wilford was waiting for his mother after evacuating the campus. He said Cruz asked him for a ride, but because he was nervous and concerned about his sister, who wasn't picking up her phone, he said no. It turns out his sister was shot and wounded in the attack. Surveillance video from a Subway restaurant inside a Walmart blocks from the campus shows Cruz in a JROTC t-shirt walking in calmly, ordering an icy, and then walking out with his drink. He then made his way to a nearby McDonald's. An officer who found Cruz walking on the side of the street also testified. He said Cruz followed his commands and identified himself as Nicholas Cruz. He was arrested. The capital city of Texas is decriminalizing abortion. Austin City Council members voted in favor of a resolution asking police not to investigate anyone accused of performing the procedure. Travis County District Attorney Jose Garza has also said he won't prosecute abortions. Texas Right to Life has blasted the resolution and says they're talking with state legislators about a bill letting private citizens civilly sue abortionists. One soldier is dead and nine more are injured after a lightning strike at an army post in Georgia. It happened Wednesday at Fort Gordon, which is about 10 miles southwest of Augusta. A base spokeswoman said the injured soldiers have been taken to the hospital, but that she was unaware of their conditions. The U.S. Attorney for Western Washington says any attempt to harass or discourage voters will be investigated and prosecuted in federal court. Signs were posted near ballot drop boxes in King County saying they're being monitored. U.S. Attorney Nick Brown says the First Amendment protects the right to free speech and political debate, but there's a time when protected speech turns into acts of intimidation or threats of violence. He says they're working with law enforcement partners to investigate threats of violence, hate crimes, and any effort to intimidate voters and election workers. Drug use is at a 22-year high for men arrested in the San Diego region. In contrast, women arrested in the region are testing positive for drugs at the lowest rate in 14 years. The San Diego Association of Governments released the report Thursday. Sandag's findings are based on a random sampling of detainees interviewed last year at the Central Jail and the Las Colonas Detention Facility. It's part of Sandag's Substance Abuse Monitoring Program. It assesses drug trends among local offenders. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your national news. This is Connor Brown with your international news report. Key Russian pipeline, Nord Stream, resumes pumping gas to Europe. Coming from the BBC, Russia has resumed pumping gas to Europe through its biggest pipeline after warnings it could curb or halt supplies altogether. The Nord Stream 1 pipeline restarted following a 10-day maintenance break, but at a reduced level. On Wednesday, the European Commission urged countries to cut gas use by 15% over the next seven months in case Russia switched off Europe's supply. Russia supplied Europe with 40% of its natural gas last year. Germany was the continent's largest importer in 2020, but has reduced its dependence on Russian gas from 55% to 35%. Eventually, it wants to stop using gas from Russia altogether. Russia's invasion of Ukraine in February sent wholesale gas prices soaring in Europe, with a knock-on impact on consumer energy bills. The European Commission says retail electricity prices for households in EU capitals were up by 44% in May 2020, compared to May 2021. The highest rises were in the Netherlands, up 167%, Austria, 122%, and Italy, 
up 118%. Russia's President Vladimir Putin has sought to play down fears, promising that the state gas firm Gazprom would fulfill all its contractual obligations. His spokesman, Dmitry Pezgov, denied that Russia was using gas for political blackmail. But the pipeline is only delivering 40% of its capacity, and the head of Germany's network regulator warned that the resumption of gas flows was not a sign that tensions were easing. Gazprom cut the flow of gas through Nord Stream 1 last month, blaming the delayed return, due to sanctions, of a key piece of equipment which had been serviced in Canada. The turbine is now believed to be on its way back to Russia, but President Putin recently said that if it is not returned, supply would have to be reduced further. Now switching over to the second story of the day, Mexico detains drug lord wanted by U.S. as 14 killed in Black Hawk helicopter crash. Coming from CNN, a notorious drug lord on FBI's 10 most wanted list was detained on Friday in an operation that ended in tragedy when 14 Marines were assisted in his capture were killed in a helicopter crash, Mexican Navy officials said. Rafael Caro Quintero was detained by Marines after he was found hiding in bushes by a Navy dog in the town of San Simón in the northwestern state of Sinaloa. Rafael Caro Quintero was detained by Marines after he was found hiding in bushes by a Navy dog in the town of San Simón in the northwestern state of Sinaloa, according to a Mexican Navy statement. Caro Quintero, known as the narco of drug traffickers, is considered by Mexican authorities to be the founder of the Guadalajara cartel. They accuse him of trafficking methamphetamine, heroin, cocaine, and marijuana. The Mexican Navy Black Hawk helicopter crashed in Los Mochis, Sinaloa, following the operation to capture him, according to the statement. One other Marine was injured and remains in the hospital. The cause of the crash was unknown, and an investigation would take place, the statement added. Caro Quintero, whose exact age is unknown, but is believed to be in his 60s, is wanted by U.S. authorities for allegedly kidnapping and conspiring to murder Drug Enforcement Administration Special Agent Enrique Camarana Salazar in 1985. Camarana Salazar was kidnapped, tortured, and murdered in retaliation for a raid in 1984 of Caro Quintero's 2,500-acre marijuana farm by Mexican authorities, according to the DEA. The events were serialized in the Netflix drama Narcos, Mexico. Caro Quintero spent 28 years in prison in Mexico for his role in the murder before he was released on a technicality in 2013. The Mexican Supreme Court later overturned the decision that freed him. And lastly... UK records highest ever temperature as scorching heat wave smothers Europe. The UK has provisionally recorded its highest ever temperature on Tuesday, 102.4 degrees Fahrenheit. It was the first time the UK recorded a temperature over 102 degrees Fahrenheit per the Met Office, the official weather organization in Britain. The reading was taken around London's Heathrow Airport just before 1 p.m. local time. The temperatures were forecast to rise further still through Tuesday afternoon. The previous record was 101.6 degrees Fahrenheit from 2019. It was beaten Tuesday by a slew of readings in southern England over the 100 degree mark. The record came on the second day of extreme heat and followed the hottest ever night in Britain. This is Connor Brown with your international news report. Thank you to everyone who tuned in and stay hydrated out there. I am Carly Murray, and this is the local news. In New York, sharks have bitten six people in three weeks, 
Experts say the sharks aren't after humans, they're after fish. But when people are in their path, there is a risk. A 16-year-old boy surfing at Kismet Beach on Fire Island Wednesday evening was the latest victim when a shark nibbled on his right foot. Earlier in the day, shark sightings at Long Beach, East Atlantic Beach, Jones Beach, and the Rockaways forced swimmers out of the water. A man was shot and killed Tuesday while working on location for Law & Order Organized Crime. Johnny Pizarro was found before filming began that morning on a residential street in Brooklyn. The 31-year-old was pronounced dead at the hospital, and NBC confirmed that he was a crew member for the Christopher Maloney-led Law & Order Special Victims Unit spinoff, which is famously filmed throughout New York City. Police have not indicated suspects or a motive at this time. Around three dozen people were hurt after a school bus crashed in the Bronx. The bus ended up on its side after crashing on the Hutchinson River Parkway just before 6 Thursday morning near exit 1A. No children were on board. At least three people suffered serious injuries. The others were minor. Authorities are investigating whether the driver tried to leave the highway from the middle lane, causing the large vehicle to flip on its side. New York City wants to host the Democratic National Convention in 2024. New York City Mayor Eric Adams and New York Governor Kathy Hochul made an announcement on the city's bid with DNC Committee Chair Jamie Harrison in Manhattan's West Side on Thursday. New York City lost its bid for the 2016 convention to Philadelphia during Mayor Bill de Blasio's time in office. Mayor Eric Adams says cities across the country are working in tandem to tackle gun violence head-on. He hosted a gun violence summit in New York City with 11 other mayors from cities including Baltimore and Little Rock. Adams says the cities will use information-sharing technology to trace a gun and the person who purchased it, along with how it arrived on the street. He adds that the centralized debates will be an agreement between cities and is a major new weapon against gun violence. Meanwhile, the group is targeting the top five manufacturers that were connected to nearly 10,000 guns recovered last year. New York and New Jersey are dealing with dangerous heat advisories in effect through Sunday evening. The dangerous heat continues in the tri-state area with the humidity going to make it feel like 100 degrees or more in spots. A New Jersey man was indicted on Thursday on a murder charge in the April 2021 death of his son. According to Ocean County authorities, the six-year-old died after repeated abuse in which he was forced to run on a treadmill with gradually increasing speed until he fell. This was caught on video surveillance, according to prosecutors. A Philadelphia man was killed Tuesday in Gloucester County when his SUV collided with a tractor trailer filled with 42,000 pounds of sugar. The crash occurred in Logan Township and is still under investigation. Police in Upper Mukunji Township, Pennsylvania, say they shot and killed a snake that was coiled around a man's neck to save him. The incident happened Wednesday afternoon in Focalsville. Police responded to a home on call of a 28-year-old man in cardiac arrest. One of the officers was able to shoot the snake without causing further injury to the man. Police were able to pull the man to safety and he was rushed to the hospital. It is not known how the snake got into the man's home. That was the local news and I am Carly Murray. I'm Sandra Chuchus with your Rowan News. The National Association of Broadcasters, or NAB, this week named Rowan Radio a finalist for Best College Radio Station of the Year in the 2022 NAB Marconi Radio Awards. WGLS-FM is one of the five finalists in the Best College Radio Station of the Year category. The honor marks the first time that Rowan Radio received a nomination in this category for the Marconi Radio Awards contest. The Best College Radio Station of the Year competition recognizes station achievements during 2021. Rowan Radio received several awards for news, music, and public affairs programming last year, including accolades from the Gracie Awards, Broadcast Education Association, and College Broadcasters Incorporated. 
Station manager Derek Jones said the Roan Radio has long been recognized as a great college station and for generations has trained broadcasters for excellence in the field. The Marconi nomination is truly special. Dr. Sanford Tweedy, Dean of the Rick Edelman College of Communication and Creative Arts, said WGLS-FM is not only an important and well-recognized training ground for aspiring broadcasters, but an institution that for more than half a century has developed and expanded along with the college. He said, quote, For generations, WGLS has provided opportunities for students from any major to try their hand at broadcasting. A working radio station 365 days a year, WGLS serves our region with music, news, and sports programming while providing a forum for students to develop a range of skills and often to launch their career, end quote. Created in 1989, the Marconi Radio Awards annually recognize the top radio stations and on-air personalities in the industry. The winner will be announced October 19th during the NAB's Marconi Radio Awards dinner in New York City. On Thursday, July 21st, Rowan School of Osteopathic Medicine, or Rowan SOM, held a ribbon-cutting ceremony for the opening of its newest campus in Sewell, New Jersey. The new building on the campus of Rowan College of South Jersey provides expanded instructional space on the upper level for the School of Osteopathic Medicine problem-based learning and on the lower level for clinical practices serving patients from throughout the state. With a mix of classrooms, offices, meeting, and clinical spaces and more, the $25 million project is the result of a partnership with Rowan College of South Jersey and the first known collaboration of its kind. The ribbon cutting was held outdoors with tours of the building afterwards. Rowan Radio's Joshua Count spoke to Board of Trustees Chairman Chad Bruner at the event. It's a great accomplishment. If you would have asked me about this five, six, seven years ago, I would have never thought it would be possible to build a medical school expansion on a county college property, but we're so intertwined and the partnerships are great between the community colleges and the university in this county. It's just amazing. I'm very appreciative to work with great leaders like President Hushman and President Keating. We also spoke to Dr. Thomas Cavalieri, the Dean of Rowan SOM, about the new expansion. Well, this is a dream come true because it enables us to meet unmet needs on the physician workforce. We are short physicians here in South Jersey, New Jersey, and the nation. And if we don't produce more physicians, it's really going to compromise health care for our state and our nation. We're going to be working closely with Rowan University in developing other health professional programs. That's the way you transform health care. We want Rowan University to be the university to come to if you're interested in the health professions. I'm Sam DeTuchis, and that was your Rowan News. That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Rowan Report. I'm Allie Bruce along with the Rowan Radio News Team. This is Danny Ryan for the Rowan Report with your news from around the professional sports world. Starting in the MLB, it has been a wild week of all-star festivities in Los Angeles, California, as all-star weekend has come and gone from Chavez Ravine. Starting with the July 18th entertainment, let's debrief the 2022 MLB Home Run Derby. Your first round matchups in last week's derby were listed as follows. Number one seeded Kyle Schwarber faced off against old man Albert Pujols as the eighth seed. This matchup went to a swing-off, but shockingly enough, or maybe not so shocking, eight-seeded Albert Pujols edged Kyle Schwarber of the local Philadelphia Phillies 20 home runs to 19. Taking a look at the number two and number seven-seed matchup between the reigning derby champ Pete Alonso of the New York Mets and Ronald Acuna Jr. of the Atlanta Braves, a true NL East battle. 
The reigning champion coming in at number two on the bracket defeated Acuna Jr. by one home run, 20 home runs to 19. Quickly rounding off the first round, number three seeded Corey Seager was defeated by the number six seed and rookie sensation Julio Rodriguez as the youngster clubbed 32 home runs in the first round. Last but not least, let's debrief the tricky number four and number five seed matchup. Juan Soto as the number four seed defeated Jose Ramirez as the five seed as Soto clubbed 19 home runs to Ramirez's 18. In round two, Albert Pujols was sadly eliminated in his fifth and final home run derby by Juan Soto as Soto edged the machine out by one home run yet again in this derby. 16 home runs to Pujols's 15. Looking at the other side of the second round, it was Julio Rodriguez versus Polar Bear Pete. Rodriguez continued his early tear as he proceeded to club 31 home runs in the second round, edging Pete Alonso 31-23. In the final round, Juan Soto proved his derby method to be effective as he defeated the gassed Rodriguez 19-18 for the 2022 home run derby title. In the day following, the American League defeated the National League 3-2 behind back-to-back home runs from Giancarlo Stanton of the Yankees and Byron Buxton of the Minnesota Twins to claim the AL's ninth straight All-Star Game victory as Yankees slugger Giancarlo Stanton went home with MVP honors. Taking a look at the NBA, let's focus on the Philadelphia 76ers. James Harden's contract has been finalized as the former MVP agreed to a two-year $68.6 million contract. The deal includes a $33 million payday in year one with a player option in year two worth $35.6 million. Harden could accept or decline this option next offseason depending on whether or not he would like a new contract with Philadelphia. In other Sixers news, the organization plans to unveil a new privately funded relocated stadium in Center City, Philadelphia, titled 76th place at Market East. Philadelphia, who currently share the Wells Fargo Center with the Philadelphia Flyers, plan to introduce the stadium in the 2031-32 season. With that being said, once again, this has been Danny Ryan for the Rowan Report with your news from around the professional sports world right here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. Carmaker that made waves last year with a major investment in the digital currency said Wednesday it has sold 75% of its Bitcoin. Tesla is making the move as the cryptocurrency's value has fallen by more than 50% this year. The company said it bought traditional currency with the more than $930 million its Bitcoin sale brought in. Housing starts fell another 2% month over month in June as inflation continues to bite. Home builders started construction on just under 1.56 million units last month, the lowest since April of last year. Single-family starts dropped more than 8%. Starts fell in the South and the Midwest, but up in the Northeast and West. The latest numbers come as prices soar and mortgage rates are on the rise. Building permits also dropped six-tenths of a percent, the third consecutive month of declines. Senators are advancing a package to boost domestic computer chip production, despite not knowing all of what's in the bill yet. The Senate began the process to advance what is being called Chips Plus in an attempt to fight the global chip shortage. The package is a smaller version of the China competitiveness bill that the House and the Senate struggled to reach a deal on. The bill cleared its first hurdle Tuesday in a 64 to 34 vote. It could be sent to the House before the end of the week. Wall Street is opening with stocks mostly lower as investors brace for a potentially choppy earnings season. Some experts believe the bear market has bottomed out 
thanks to recent trading action. This all comes after the Dow Jones Industrial Average rallied more than 700 points during Tuesday's session. At the opening bell, the Dow and S&P 500 were trading lower while the Nasdaq was slightly higher. I'm Megan Steckler and this has been your Business News Report. And now it's time for your weekly entertainment recap with me, Karina Colon. Justin Bieber is set to resume his Justice Tour after being diagnosed with Ramsey Hunt Syndrome. Variety reports the pop star will resume the world tour on July 31st after postponing it last month. The postponement came after the syndrome caused Bieber's face to suffer from paralysis. The tour will start back up in Italy and continue through Europe before heading to South America. There's no update on the rescheduled North American dates. A Dave Chappelle stand-up comedy show in Minnesota was canceled at the last minute Wednesday due to internet backlash. Chappelle has faced criticism this year after making transphobic jokes in his Netflix stand-up special. The venue addressed the backlash that they were receiving for booking Chappelle and apologized online to fans. His show was rebooked at a different venue that will host him through Friday night. Billie Eilish is encouraging her fans to vote in the midterm elections. The My Future singer is partnering with Headcount, a nonpartisan voter engagement organization, to make that happen. Fans can update their voter registration status at headcount.org slash Billy for a chance to win a VIP trip to see her perform in Australia and New Zealand. Springsteen fans are furious that ticket prices for next year's tour are spiking up to $4,000 on Ticketmaster. Bruce Springsteen and the East Street Band are going for their first U.S. tour in seven years starting in February. Tickets for the kickoff show in Tampa, Florida went on sale Wednesday, the floor seats costing up to $4,300 each. Fans on social media were furious about being priced out of Springsteen's first tour since 2016 and noted that the nosebleed seats were going for $185. The U.S. Marshals Service is offering a $5,000 reward after the man accused of shooting Lady Gaga's dog walker was mistakenly released. James Howard Jackson is one of three people charged for the attempted murder of Ryan Fisher and the attempted theft of Lady Gaga's three French Bulldogs in February 2021. The Marshal Service said that Jackson was mistakenly released in April because of a clerical error. The Marshals say the 19-year-old Jackson is considered to be armed and dangerous. Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett will make two final appearances together at Radio City Music Hall. The pair announced two shows in early August at the famed Manhattan venue, which their respective reps say will be the last time they will appear together live. One last time, an evening with Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga is happening August 3rd and 5th. Last year, Bennett's family revealed he had been diagnosed with Alzheimer's in 2016. The duo's most recent record is scheduled for release later this year. Nickelodeon is hosting its first ever music festival. The television network announced it will be holding Nick Fest at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena this October. Headliners include Australian rapper The Kid Leroy, the K-pop group Monsta X, Alec Benjamin, and Joshua Bassett are also set to perform, among others. Tickets go on sale July 26 at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. I'm Karina Colon, and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Roman Radio. And that wraps up this week's edition of the Roan Report here on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Roan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. 
Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.